and welcome to another episode of Rethinking Aloud, podcasting from the Diocese of Leicester. Today I'm joined by Reverend Maura Simpson, a city centre curate and priest who's passionate about photography, uh, writes poetry, and is interested in poetry and photography as prayer and as aids to spirituality. Uh, Nathan Aboko, professional videographer, uh, who's also an artist. Uh, you may have seen him working in paint and pastels on our weekly Sunday at 10 videos. Uh, he also dabbles in dancing, does some acting, uh, and we were hoping to have someone who's just completed their degree in English literature. They can't make it, uh, but one of my guilty pleasures is that I'm a literature nerd, uh, so I'll be both asking questions and kind of joining the conversation a bit more than I normally do. As we talk today about art and theology, about creativity and the arts, and how we engage with art as Christians uh, perhaps how it can enrich our understanding of God and, and how it enriches how we approach and understand art, perhaps from a more specifically Christian worldview, worldview perspective. Uh, so a big welcome to my panel, to Mona and to Nathan. Uh, and let's start, um, probably in the right place to start, um, let's start with God. Um, theologically speaking, you know, why are we creative beings as humans? Why are we creative? Where, where do you think that urge comes from, uh, Mona? Hello, and thank you for starting with that question. <laughs> I guess I have to begin with uh, humans as being created in God's likeness. We, you only have to look at the natural world to see what God's paint palette produced. And I suppose Jewish thought in particular positions humanity as in partnership with God as creator, where creation is a continued work in progress. So in God's likeness and in partnership with God, God encourages us to continue that creating process. It's kind of a part of our DNA. It's, it's part of who we are and what we do. Yes, I agree. Like you said, God is the creator and he made us in his image. And I think if you create something, it's well known that you can get lost in the process mm. and people can watch you and get lost in the process of you doing that. It's quite meditative. And I think that is just us reconnecting with that image of God in us and just reconnecting with that divine ability to create and the desire to do so. So yeah, I agree. It's uh, very much part of who we are, whether we consider ourselves artistic or not. Mm. So something around the sort of the Imago Dei, the, the image of God in us, um, that God in in terms of who God is, is inherently creative. Uh, and our creativity in some sense is a, is a reflection of his image in us. Um, that creativity, I think, as Mourner said, that is shown in creation. Um, but here's sort of playing devil's advocate slightly here. Here's what some people might say. Um, you know, so someone might say, but art or the arts is a bit of a luxury, isn't it? I mean, there's you know, there's the serious study of scripture uh, and the historical teachings and doctrines of the church. There's evangelism, there's social activism, um, sort of motivated by our Christian faith. Um, but this stuff's a little bit fluffy, isn't it? I guess, I suppose it's important to remember that we're all different though. So what's fluffy for one person might be really quite life-giving for another person. Um, and one of my most powerful revelations around scripture happened um, as scripture was in my heart and my camera was in my hand and I got lost in wordless, wordless dialogue with God. 
So I guess I see art more generally as a window to aspects of God, including or perhaps especially scripture and teaching. It's a it's a way for God to be revealed in a language that is beyond words. And I think that idea of beyond words is really important. Um, it, it's communicating on a very different level to um, words, theological texts, academic rigorous stuff so that's yeah i mean that's interesting that some people uh, appropriate things much more visually and for me uh, you know i'm going to be talking a little bit at times today about about literature so for me it is words um but yeah that that we're all different uh, and that means that the ways in which we effectively experience god uh, will differ um nathan any thoughts yeah well I think if you look at the creativity in scripture, you'll find pages of pages upon making the tabernacle a certain way, and then the temple, and then you've got Solomon later, and you just find so much creativity and artistic creativity going into that. And it's really interesting that the first person that I'm aware of to be mentioned as being filled with the Spirit of God was Bezalel, and he was filled with wisdom and understanding and knowledge to make artistic designs and to work with the metals and the, the stuff that they had there. You know, it's not fluffy for God. It's something that he made very important very early on. Mm, yeah, I, I think uh, what you both said there really helpful. Um, and, and obviously, I, I absolutely would want to say that Bible study and theological rigor are important, uh, essential, they're key, that scripture is our ultimate authority. Uh, but I think it's very much a, a false dichotomy, a, a false distinction to pit one against the other. Um, and I, I think I'd I kind of react against, I think, a little bit that that um, statement like the arts are fluffy. Um, it may only be apocryphal. It may never have happened. But there is a, a well-known story that when Winston Churchill was asked to cut funding for the arts to finance the war effort, he replied, uh, allegedly, then what are we fighting for? Um, so engagement with the arts um, and with popular culture helps us to understand, I think, as well, the cultures into which we want to speak the gospel. Um, yeah, if you think about it, artists of, of various kinds, you know, poets, songwriters, novelists, essayists, or whatever, are often at the forefront of changing opinions, um, fighting injustice, speaking truth to power. So I think that kind of the arts are fluffy thing, I, I don't think it holds up. Um, but I'd like to sort of move on into the area more of spirituality now. Mona um, and Nathan, there, there are some sort of specific spirituality questions that I'd like to ask you about how your interests um, artistically connect uh, both with your ministries, your sense of what God calls you to as ministry um, and your devotional life. Um, and I'm thinking, Nathan, one of your things is painting and, and um, sort of fine art type stuff. You sometimes get asked to do prophetic painting at Christian events and conferences and that. I, what's all that about? it's probably useful to describe what I think prophecy is in that sense first. Uh, so if I look at prophets in the scripture, anyone called a prophet, you know, there'll be people who speak God's words, who sometimes act them out like Ezekiel. They might purchase land. They might do things, sing. They might see wonderful visions of what God is trying to communicate. But even you've got people like Abraham and Job who didn't do much of that, but were still called prophets. And so the key thing for me is they all spoke to God and they all heard from God and they all had some form of relationship in that way that they can hear and speak with God and then communicate that back. And so I think that is how I define prophecy. And so prophetic art is art that's created out of that kind of relationship. 
So for me, I tend to pray for somebody, speak to God, ask him if he wants to say something to that person or that organization or into a situation. And then I tend to receive some form of image, uh, which then I will use to then create some artwork with and sometimes dance as I've done before at the fringe. But yes, that's what I would do. Mm. And, and sometimes a, a Christian meeting or, or group or you know, kind of weekend activity or something will ask you along just to do that, which is which is really cool. Um, so I guess that's about your art being used I suppose it's a gift to help other people connect with God. Uh, we might return to that later on and think about how the process uh, of doing art um, maybe uh, can be help, can helpful in evangelism or connecting with others. But more, a, kind of more internally, I've heard you speak about your photography in terms of prayer. And, and earlier on, you kind of alluded to that. Uh, I think you're doing some academic study at the moment around prayer and photography. How do you see um, those two working together as a kind of devotional practice for you? Yeah, um, I was really interested actually in what Nathan's just said about prophetic art and how uh, his art is created out of kind of that relationship with God where we speak to God and we hear God. And in some ways, I would say there's a really similar thing going on uh, as I take photographs in the sense that I'm connecting with God. Um, and, and I suppose I'm asking that I see through God's lens rather than my own lens. Um, and I very much see my own prayer life is based around being with, um, being with God, being known by God and being transformed by God. And I think it's when I've got a camera in my hand and when I'm saying, OK, God, let me see this through your eyes. That's that's when I'm most powerfully with God. And when I'm that being known, I suppose that there's that sense of God knows exactly who I am and God is speaking into that and is speaking into where I am in that moment and how I'm feeling in that moment. And yet I know God quite powerfully in that moment as I listen. Mm. And so through through those two acts, I suppose, of being with and being known, I come away slightly transformed, either with or without a photograph. I mean, sometimes I receive photos. I don't really talk about taking the photograph, but it might be that, you know, I've, I've looked at something from a number of different angles and feel like, yeah, I do want to take a photo, but I'm not like one of those um, happy snappers like we are when we're on holiday or something like that. Um, I take, in some ways, I take very few photos, but it's about that attention to detail when you look through the lens and, and, and it's about being attentive to what you see and what you see from different angles and allowing all of that process to open you up to what God sees. Mm. That's really, I, there's, there's quite a commonality between what the two of you were saying there, really. Mm. Um, almost the artist as recipient um, as you know, either of, of a message from God in that sort of prophetic sense that's to be passed on to others or in a more prayerful sense, just being attentive to what's going on around you and therefore seeing the God who is omnipresent and being aware of what God's saying to you. That's, that's really, um, really fascinating. Um, and John, I think that works just for any kind of creativity, really. I was reading a book by a guy called Joseph Peeps and he was talking about how philosophy, philosophical thinking, that was something of a reception. So he said, you know, at the highest level, you're receiving thoughts and you're receiving ideas that then you can use to then create culture. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, and you know, I, this isn't this is, I suppose, tangentially linked with that. But one of the things um, I'm always amazed at is how much better I understand, not to the extent that I do understand, but understand so much of literature just because I'm a Christian. Um, because so much of English uh, and American literature is infused with biblical or theological allusions. Um, I don't think of Shakespeare um, even, or, or so many of the images and metaphors that you find in poetry, um, so many of the themes in novels. Um, thinking even some of the modernist poets like T.S. Eliot, you know, they bring their Christian thinking into their work. If you think of the Four Quartets or Little Gidding or, or Gerald, Gerard Manley Hopkins, who's pre-modernist, but his style is very modern. Or you go back further and William Blake or the poems of John Donne or Milton's Paradise Lost. Yeah, a whole bunch of um, of poets who you can only really get into some of the depth of what they're saying if you have this kind of knowledge of the Christian story and of God. Um, the whole bunch of between the wars to kind of mid 20th century novelists who were massively influenced, particularly by their Catholicism. Um, you know, G.K. Chesterton, Dorothy L. Sayers, um, Brideshead Revisited, you think of war. Graham Greene in America, there was um, Flannery O'Connor. And so at the same time that you had, uh, I suppose, in the 20th century, the Bloomsbury set throwing themselves headlong into a kind of hedonistic, intellectual, bohemian way of viewing the world. I mean, it was said of them that they lived in squares, um, painted in circles and loved in triangles. So you had that kind of thing going on. But there was also this kind of Christian influence stream too. Um, And even if you think of more modern writing, um, just the title, say, of Ian McEwan's novel Atonement suddenly takes you or takes your mind to a theological place. So I think that my faith on one level has helped me just to understand what the authors were writing about. And then at another level, I guess, as a Christian, you uh, particularly with things like literature, but with all art, I guess, you know, whether it's film, cinema, um, pop culture, whatever, to kind of critique the artist's worldview from a Christian and a biblical perspective. Um, and so sometimes my faith has been informed by artists um, or sometimes it's been given new questions to ask by engaging with them. So, yeah, I'm um, changing tack a bit. Sorry, I went off on one there. Um, Morna, there is a great tradition of sacred art. Now, I suppose people would think of the Sistine Chapel, um, you know, the ceiling. They think of icons, famous paintings from religious art history. Um, how can that tradition be a helpful? And be unhelpful. Perhaps I might be thinking there about things like, you know, white, blonde-haired Jesus. But how, how is that, that great long tradition, how can it help us as Christians and how can it sometimes hinder? What do, what do you think? I suppose what you're um, getting at really is whether we see ourselves in some way in the art that we look at or do images open or widen our lens space or somehow add depth to what we're looking at, to the image of the divine. And when it does, I guess that's really helpful for us. But I suppose it's unhelpful when we can't connect, when we don't see any sense of ourselves reflected back, um, when it narrows our understanding somehow. I'd say it takes all sorts of art, sacredly intended or otherwise, actually, as we are shaped differently. Personally, I've had a number of heart sink moments after attending art and spirituality workshops, which have been solely focused around high culture art. And don't get me wrong, it has a place and I do appreciate it in that place. 
but I appreciate it more along with a mix of popular culture arts. And so an image that most powerfully got me thinking years ago was um, one of Jesus crammed into an underground train. And it resonated with my experience of commuting life. And it showed me, I suppose, that God cared for ordinary people and ordinary life struggles. And we could find God in the midst of those struggles. Um, So for me, it's important that we don't always position God with the beautiful but also with the mundane. And so, yeah, that is about mixing up the high culture and the popular culture um, so that we all see a little bit of something helpful reflected back. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Um, Nathan, when you're painting uh, or making a film, of course, um, do you find that it sometimes kind of moves you? We've heard a bit about this from Mourner, but... Do you find for yourself as well that it sometimes kind of moves you into a place of worship uh, and you're still painting or you're still behind a camera filming, but you're kind of having a how great thou art moment while you're doing it? It's it's a matter of intention for me personally, in that I will try and devote this work to God. I'll try and uh, have a conversation with him while I'm doing it. And of course, I'm trying to listen while I'm doing it. And so, yeah, there's emotions involved. But I'm, I'm trying to work with him as much as possible to create a thing, to communicate what he wants to communicate and to surrender myself more to what he's trying to say and you know, allow him to work through me to do so. And even afterwards, and even in the delivery of the thing, I feel more the presence of God. And I'm a bit more vague with what I'm saying because it could be a picture, it could be art, it could be film, as you say. Mm. But yeah, I, the process is an intentional one. But then, yeah, you want to let God try and take over as much as you can. Yeah, I definitely agree with, you Nathan there's something um I've been writing about around contemplative photography as an artistic discipline and then it's um it's about connecting a flash of perception you might say with a visual discernment to form the equivalent of what we've seen and for me it's just like that along with an awareness of what I have seen being that which is through God's lens rather than mine. So I guess it's like a little snap revelation of how God sees people, places, situations. And when that happens, it it does feel like a really Holy Spirit moment um, and a, a, a connecting, I suppose, with God. And um, just, a, just a little bit of um, transformation, I suppose, that I understand God better in those moments. So does that almost mean that the that as essential as taking your camera out of the camera case or your your, your paints out of whatever artists keep their paints in it and that the almost as essential as that as the, as the sort of initial process is is praying and saying you know God I'm about to do this this art thing that I love doing speak to me through it yeah make me useful in it or yeah is that a kind of a should that be the Christian's prerequisite almost to get to, to doing the thing. I think so, um, in the sense that, um, so I'm really inspired by uh, monastic uh, traditions, um, and one of those is praying the examine each day. And so each day as I pray the examine, as I kind of think about my day through God's eyes, the first thing I ask is, God, let me see this day, these interactions through your eyes and not through my own. Um, and that's kind of, so that's a preparation for that prayer. But I, yeah, I pray that just as I'm setting up my camera, you might say. 
Mm-hmm. Well, we've talked um, quite a lot about the positives of the arts uh, and how they enhance our faith. Are there any negatives? Um, I wouldn't say so. I think it's, uh, I often talk about looking and looking again in my workshops. Um, and so when we look that second time, we look in order to see through God's eyes rather than taking something at face value. How can that be negative? You know, that, that has to be a positive thing that we're uh, making that connection with God. Yeah, I'd say creating art is generally a very positive thing. I mean, I guess the art that you can create can actually have some different uh, effects. I'm thinking of how arts can shape culture, and, and they do, you know, all types of art shape culture. You know, if you think about Soviet art, you sort of have an idea instantly of what that means and what it represents. You'll find that in certain places when there are uprisings, people want to silence the artists because they'll start taking the voice of that culture. So there's a power to art, and with that power comes a responsibility. But I think if you're yielding to God as you're doing it, and you're doing it for his glory and for his purpose, then no, there should be no, there should be no problems there. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, I guess in one sense, we've said that there's a positivity about art and creativity because of the way in which it reflects the creativity of God and demonstrates something of art being made in the image of God. Um, but I guess in another sense, they're kind of morally neutral. Uh, and so while I don't think that there are any negatives about the process of engaging, um, when we're engaging with secular art or some art that purports to be sacred i guess uh, we may sometimes be engaging with perspectives that differ from or in conflict with a christian perspective um i guess that's almost sort of what you're hinting at then nathan and uh, and so that's where not only when we're creating as artists are we trying to see things through god's eyes and that stuff that Mourn is saying about almost you know, trying to make your lens god's lens as you as you look out on stuff um but we need to read paintings and read literature and read songs and so on and so through Christian eyes. Uh, and even when, I guess, the arts are used as a medium for conveying a Christian message, you know, a painting or a photo or a novel is always going to be understood subjectively. Um, so you might, for instance, do a drama in church in a service and someone totally misunderstand what you were trying to convey. Um, so, so, yeah, it's... It, it, it's interesting. Um, there's this kind of worldview thing, isn't there? Um, and also the subjectivity of how art is received and interpreted. And that's not unique to art. Those of us who preach have all preached sermons and been staggered by some of the things that the uh, congregation thought they heard us say or, or whatever. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, um, yeah, we might come back to that worldview thing. But do, do you think, I mean, this is a, a more general question about church life church culture i guess Uh, do you think we pay enough attention in the church to the potential of art um you know for teaching for devotional practice and for evangelism i've um i've just been researching a similar question around photography as a form of mission ultimately i guess in i think we need to be meeting people where the where they are rather than expecting them to come through our church doors Um, and for many art is something that makes sense they might not use that language to it but it's it's something that they appreciate it's something that they like to look at Um, for a number of keen photographers the idea that photography is about catching the light 
you know that's a very real part of the art form I'd call it being a divine light catcher so that focus on the divine opens up a possibility of experiencing God in a way that makes sense possibly to a photographer that's already chasing the light so for so many people I've worked with using the world around us as God's sacred text and that's been life-giving for them we don't all think or make sense of things through words and Jesus knew that he used story and life imagery that made sense in the context he spoke into to speak into people's lives in a way that the message would be memorable I think you know we need to reconnect with some of those Jesus-like practices in evangelism I was just, uh, Joe. It's weird when, when you're saying about Jesus using stories and life illustrations and things like that. My mind suddenly went to uh, the the account that we have of Jesus being presented by the Pharisees who are trying to trick him and trap him um, with the woman caught in adultery. And we're told that Jesus um, sort of looked looked at the floor and drew with his finger in the sand. And I just found my mind going into this weird place, thinking, "I wonder what he drew." But anyway, <laughs> we'll never know. Um, I mean, we have concentrated today mostly on that more sort of personal, devotional, or um, perhaps a ministry of encouragement to other Christians um, kind of aspect of the arts, you know, the arts as an aid to devotional practice or, or, or as a stimulus perhaps for thinking and, and even theological reflection. But just building on what, what Mourner said, um, what do you see as their evangelistic potential? I'm sure we don't tap into that enough. I mean, where is their evangelistic potential in you know, photography, painting, drama, all that, that kind of stuff? Well, I think the potential is huge. I mean, I really like what Mourner was saying about being a divine light catcher and how that brings you, uh, that, that resonates with other photographers. There's a theologian called Alan Hirsch, and he talked about people experience an epiphany. He said, you know, people experience an epiphany when they see something beautiful. Like he talked about sunset in his example. And he said, sometimes they might see a theophany. So they might think, oh, maybe there's a God. Maybe there's something that connects us here. And as Christians, we get the opportunity to lead them into a Christophany. So to tell them, actually, the feelings that you're feeling point to this God. This, this is the revelation of God in Christ. Yeah. And I think that's one vehicle that we have uh, through the arts. But I think, yeah, I mean... People are being evangelized by art all the time. You know, you watch TV, even the current advice on COVID-19, you'll see there's wonderful designs on the background to try and get us to do certain things and to behave in a certain way. In a sense, they are speaking a message. So it's something we're used to as a culture. I've gone out into the streets, painted with people prophetically, and it's engaged people. People have asked, what are you painting? What's that saying? What, what, what do you mean when God tells you this? It's a really interesting tool songs, all these kind of things, you know, I think it's, it's, it's huge. We're just scratching the surface of what's available in transforming a culture with the, the message of the gospel. Mm-hmm. To build on what you've been saying, um, Nathan, I've been thinking of evangelism or mission as having two strands. Um, and that's what I'm writing about at the moment. There's a building up or a deepening of God's people and equipping or discipling, you might say, to enable them to to look beyond themselves and look out. And I suppose the looking beyond is about seeing beyond the people of God or the church and drawing attention to what God's doing there and getting involved. And for me, photography helps me to both look deeper um, 
for for my own depth of understanding of God and to look out and see what God's doing and seek God's guidance in how I get involved. Sometimes I suppose that's about drawing attention to it through photography. Um, but sometimes I'm I'm wondering more, well, how can I be God with skin on in this setting and what's going on now? When I've been true to that looking deeper and looking out, everyone's wanted to talk to me about God. It's really funny. The times when I've gone and said, oh, let's talk about God. Nobody's really wanted it. But but when I've been more attentive in the first place to, to looking deeper, looking out, those invitations have come in abundance to for me to talk about God. Yeah, I, I think also, I mean, perhaps approaching it from a slightly different angle, um, I'm thinking perhaps here about how um, our connection with what might be, yeah, and I know often to talk about secular and sacred divides and, and working out what's profane and what's yeah, what what's holy uh, isn't always helpful. But but thinking more about you know, secular arts rather than Christians doing art, I think there's also the the contextualization side of things um, that you know as we seek to evangelize, we bring an unchanging gospel message about an unchangeable God, but we proclaim that message in a constantly changing cultural and political um, and constantly changing global and local contexts. And just being aware of the art that's around us can actually help us to understand the context into which we evangelise. Uh, I mean, it's probably incredibly passe now, but I'm a bloke in his 50s, but 20-odd years ago, uh, reading a book like Generation X helped to actually understand the thinking of a generation. And that can only be helpful if you're trying to evangelize a generation. Um, and even thinking, like my kids are grown up now, but you know, when we used to watch Disney movies, if you watch a Disney movie intelligently with your antenna kind of up, <laughs> you'll notice that these days all of them seem to have a kind of just follow your dream, believe in yourself, and it'll all turn out well. There'll be a happy ending message, uh, which I think is a disastrous distortion of life's reality um, but I think as we as we engage with either high art or popular art uh, with our Christian antenna then it really gives us those roots into conversations a bit like uh, the Apostle Paul uh, when he, he was looking at all those idols around uh, when he was in Corinth and he said yeah I can see all these idols all this art really wasn't it you know, all this sculpture these idols you've even got one to an unknown God well let's have a chat let's have a conversation uh, so I think being aware of that kind of um artistic sort of stuff that's out there helps us to understand the zeitgeist into which we want to speak gospel truth so i think it's not just about um broadcasting and here's us as a bunch of christians here's you know connect with us through our art it's actually us understanding where we are in history where we're set geographically locally and all the rest of it and that's the context into which we try and speak the gospel so i think um, there's like a double listening going on uh, i think for the christian um yeah anything anything else people want to throw in we're getting towards the end of our time but this is this has been great fun i'm sure there's there, there may be one or two other things that you might just want to pitch into the conversation before we wrap it up um anything anything we haven't covered that we should have done i'm not so sure there's anything that um we haven't covered but i really yeah i really like what you're saying about that double listening for the christian um listening to God and listening to our context and um and I think as as Christians we do that in a variety of ways and some of us we all have different learning styles don't we some of us 
are visual learners um, and some of us are audio learners and some of us learn by doing. And I think as much as it's about art and embracing the potential within art, it's also about embracing who we are and allowing God to use us um, to our full potential, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. It's, um, I agree with that one. It's, uh, yeah, it is about, as we say, we're made in the image of God. And so when we create, we're participating in that nature. So for me, art and all kinds of art has that potential to deepen our relationship with God. That's a wonderful thing. And it enables me to then say to other people, yeah, you can deepen your relationship with God in this way as well. I think art's a very powerful part of life. And I wonder if we thank God for it enough. You know, there, there are some things which we we tend to be mindful to thank God for. You know, uh, maybe our food before we have a meal, we say grace. Um, maybe um, our family, those closest to us, we remember to thank God for them. Actually, yeah, the arts in all their glorious kind of diversity are one of God's rich gifts to us, aren't they? And uh, maybe maybe we need to say thank you a little bit more often um, for Definitely. the way, in which, yeah, the, the way it's they kind of have. have enlivened our lives and, uh, and enriched them um, well Mona and Nathan thank you so much uh, for being a part of today's podcast it really has been a, a rich time together a rich conversation uh, but as ever we want this conversation to stimulate your own conversations in your churches your home groups your fresh expressions of church uh, and other small groups so here are some questions you might want to bring into your conversations as you continue to think uh, around the subject how has art, in its broadest sense, enriched your appreciation of and understanding of your faith? And how has your faith enriched your appreciation of art? How might you use the arts as a part of your devotional life and your time spent intentionally with God? Do you think the church pays enough attention to the arts? Do you see art as having a prophetic role of speaking truth to power? Uh, what are the strengths of art as a devotional aid? What are the weaknesses of art as a devotional aid? And how might your church or fresh expression use drama, art, I don't know, photography, literature, spoken word? How might it use those things evangelistically? So thank you for your company. Uh, thanks again to Mona and to Nathan, to today's panel. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Do join us again for a Faith Conversations in the Diocese of Leicester. Thank you for listening. Stay safe and be blessed.